1: It is Thursday, September 23rd, and this is the 24-7 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast. I am your host, Blair Angulo. Thank you so much for tuning in as we look ahead to another big weekend of college football. But what we've been doing on this podcast recently is taking a deeper and closer look at some of the top classes in the composite team recruiting rankings. And let's do Oregon this week. We've got Matt Prem on the line. He covers the Oregon Ducks for Duck Territory, the Oregon site on the 24-7 Sports Network. Matt, how are we doing?
2: Good, Blair. How are you doing? Not
1: too bad. I feel like before we get to Oregon, I feel like I need to, you know, maybe kind of discuss the situation here. It feels like Oregon is that little dog in the meme where the dog is surrounded by all the fire and he's <laughs> and he's saying that everything is fine because the Pac-12 right now appears to be up in flames. except for the Oregon Ducks. It would seem like the Ducks are probably the conference's only hope to reach the college football playoffs.
2: Yeah, it's uh things are going just fine I guess for Oregon, but everything else in the conference is burning down with uh BYU basically controlling the Pac-12 South and USC having a coaching change. Uh if the league wants to send a team to the playoff, everyone needs to be an Oregon fan, and that's probably pretty hard for probably a majority of the conference to do anyways. And and so it's, it's interesting. The league needs someone to make the playoff and they aren't going to do Oregon any favors because I don't know if there's a legitimate top 25 team in this conference outside of Oregon. So if they drop a game, which history says they will, because no team in Pac-12 history, when the league has gone to 12 teams, has gone unscathed, I think they could run into a situation where Maybe the rest you know, the rest of the conferences have better teams at with, with one loss than, than Oregon does.
1: Yeah, you mentioned BYU, obviously, with Pac-12 South wins against Arizona, Arizona State, and Utah. They've also got USC on the schedule. And that was going to be my next question, because that name has been thrown around, Mario Cristobal, as a potential hire for the Trojans after the firing of Clay Helton. And we discussed recruiting on this podcast, so let's put a recruiting twist on, on this. What kind of impact could this have? Because when I see Mario Cristobal's name in the headlines when it comes to potential coaching hires and you know i think in a way elevating his profile in a national sense it could only help oregon's recruiting efforts right
2: yeah i don't think the rumors of him being linked to the usc job or possibly the miami job if that one does come open as well will necessarily hurt because he's done a really good job of communicating with his current players, communicating with his current commits in the 2022 class and the other prospects that they're recruiting that he's very happy in Eugene. And I don't think if USC came calling to crystal ball that he would take the job. I don't think it's a good fit because USC runs uh, an air raid passing attack and You know, they've got a gazillion receivers and they are very short on offensive linemen. And at Oregon, his style of football is going to demand ultimate depth in the trenches. And they don't have that. And I don't think the USC job under Cristobal's style is something that you can quickly flip in one year. It's going to take two or three years where at Oregon, he's already in the playoff discussion. He's already recruiting better than the Trojans are. And it would be easier to recruit at USC, but... I just don't think it's a it's a perfect fit. It's, it's like, yeah, he's a great name, and it, it makes sense to have interest in him. But I just don't think they're ever gonna to link up to and work together. And it's also kind of be kind of awkward. Like Oregon's program, from a football perspective, has taken a lot of shots at USC, and USC has taken a lot of shots at Oregon program through social media and what have you. Uh, and then to go and. mix, that would be kind of awkward as well.
1: It would be easy ammo for Mario Cristobal to be able to turn that around and say, hey, listen, come play for me. These are the schools that are trying to get me to join them, right? So obviously he doesn't need that extra ammo. He's been building things the the, the Mario Cristobal way up front, physicality, and and with a lot of star power. Let's take a deeper dive into this 2022 class, which right now ranks number seven nationally, number one among Pac-12 programs. Some headliners is Kelvin Banks, a five-star offensive tackle from the state of Texas. Titaroya McMillan, a four-star receiver, the number one wide out in the West out of Servite, California, as well as Jaleel Tucker, one of the top two-way talent, a four-star defensive back from the San Diego area. Those are three of the the top commitments that they have now. How would you describe this overall class, the efforts that coach Cristobal and that staff have put together up to this point?
2: Yeah, it's 20 guys. Um they're first in the conference and top 10 nationally right around kind of the, the goal. I I think they're shooting to take more guys than I originally anticipated. You know, Cristobal has gone on record um in media interviews saying that they're going to try and take a full class, which there are not 25 seniors on this team on scholarship for the 2021 football season so they're probably accounting for some attrition to happen this off season i think they've done a really good job in terms of loading up on offensive linemen they've got five guys that play that position um and then four that play the defensive line and that goes in line with what i was just talking about you know dominating the trenches on both sides of the football they have one of the best players at the tackle spot who's also just one of the best players in, in in the country, but then they've also got the number one JUCO offensive uh, JUCO player in the country. He's an offensive tackle, in Percy Lewis, and they've gone into Texas and and found a, a massive offensive tackle in Cameron Williams, who's three hundred and sixty pounds and plays for one of the best high schools. In that state. Um, I, I think it's interesting that they've gone into a couple regions that they typically don't go to in the fifteen or so years that I've followed Oregon football and its recruiting from a professional standpoint. You don't see Oregon going to Arkansas and landing a guy like Isaiah Sategna, a four star receiver. You know, they just don't go to Arkansas very often. Alabama is a state that they didn't go to really until Christobal showed up, and now it's it's, it's becoming a state where you know they go and, and try and get a guy every year, every other year. they've got two commits from that state this season and then Texas was an area where chip Kelly tried to go into early on in his time and then that kind of died away and they, they add maybe one or two guys every other year or so but you know they've got five commits from Texas this year. so it's an interesting one. They have five commits from California and at the end of July or early parts, middle part of summer, it was kind of one of those deals where it's like, wow, they've hit SoCal in particular very hard the last three or four years. And at the time they only had one or two guys committed from From that region, that number has gone up a little bit after landing McMillan, after landing Jaleel Tucker and Jaleel Florence, but they're spreading their tentacles out here a little bit and expanding their recruiting reach to be not just the SoCal, Arizona and Utah areas, but now more of a national approach.
1: Yeah. And I think that is a side effect of that on field success, right? Winning the Rolls Bowls and winning the Pac 12 championships and raising the profile of that program to an extent, right? Where you're able to recruit nationally and go and some doors open up that usually might not be open for a program that is still on the rise and one that now is actually producing results on the field. You could see some of the fruits there for Mario Cristobal. We are joined by Matt Preem. You could follow him on Twitter at Matt P R E H M. He's also a host of the OTS and Audibles podcast. Now, Matt, those were some of the guys that they have committed, and that's some of the success that Mara Cristobal and that staff have, have already been able to accomplish. Who else is on the board? Because they've got 20 commitments. That would only leave a handful of spots left in this 2022 cycle. Who are the top targets remaining on the board?
2: Yeah, it, it feels like offensively, they're almost done. Five-star receiver Kevin Coleman is still a guy that's out there. Are they the leader in the clubhouse for him? No, but you don't turn him away if he wants to come to Oregon. Josh Connerly is another five-star in offensive tackle, but, you know, they've loaded up on so many linemen the last couple of seasons that it would take a a pretty strong miracle to get Connerly to to go to Oregon. It looks like he's trending towards Michigan anyways. Um, So I, I think you look on the defensive side to really locate where, A majority of their remaining commitments could come from Harrison Taggart's a three-star linebacker. He was in Eugene this past weekend for an an official visit, and then Devin Jackson, a four-star linebacker, he's coming to Eugene this weekend for an official visit. And if you're looking for like a guy that maybe could be the next in line to commit, who knows when this happens? But you know, I, I I think you probably have a strong chance that if, if next Oregon's next commitment could probably come from one of those two guys, it feels like they're being recruited to play the same position. Oregon's also in, in line with Cyrus Moss, a, a four-star defensive edge prospect. And, you know, they're billing him to to play as the cave on replacement, you know, kind of a defensive end slash outside linebacker type player at the next level. I know our rankings just call him as an edge player. Um, and then they need to find a defensive tackle. I think it would be very beneficial to do that. Um, there's a couple of names that are out there, but Harold Canoe, Nigelic Kelly, probably butchered his first name. But I don't think Oregon's really a heavy player for either of those guys. So it's going to be interesting, I think, to see what happens now that football across the country has started at the high school level, at the JUCO level. What senior or what JUCO guy kind of emerges – and plays his way onto the board um, from a defensive line perspective for work. Cause then every year there's that guy what, what for every team, essentially, there's always going to be that one or two guys that in November, they just kind of, blow up and they find themselves on big boards across the country and you know I think that's the position Oregon's probably looking the hardest for is locating a def- another defensive lineman.
1: Yeah and, and with only a handful of spots remaining in this 2022 class heading into the early signing period and you know there's going to be some reshuffling and there's going to be a, a couple guys like you said that resurface for the Oregon Ducks and on top of some of the players that they still are targeting to join this class it's going to be interesting to see how selective this staff becomes and, and, and who they're turning away or who they're really keying in on and who they take a gamble with right because sometimes if you hold out for someone uh you're saying no to someone else and, and you hope that you're hitting a home run there at the end of the day when the uh, announcement comes so it's going to be very interesting to see uh matt before you go this schedule that i'm looking at i mean i don't know if if i see a, another big bump in the road i mean i, I think on the road at UCLA, it's probably the yeah. the game that I look at, you know, based on what we've seen out of Washington. Not sure that they're on that level. The game at Salt Lake City in late November against the Utah Utes could be one if if the Utes start to hit a different gear. If this team runs the table, are, are we talking about potentially a top five class nationally?
2: They're almost there right now. I mean, they're seventh. You know, when we're recording this show, it would probably require them to get a couple surprises. Maybe, you know, if, if Oregon does run the table and they finish their year 13 and 0 and are in the college football playoff, maybe a Josh Connolly says, you know what, like it might be there's not as much playing time to be had at Oregon, but it's close to home and they're a top five program. I'm going to stay, you know, it's it's out of Seattle, but it's still relatively close. Maybe something like that could play out. It's going to take to get a top five class. I think it's Oregon's going to have to go undefeated and they're going to have to have a, a couple things things um, go their way. Maybe a coaching change at another school opens things up, you know, I, at USC, you know, for example, let's just spitball here for a second. Maybe one of their top prize players decides at the end of the year, you know what, I, I, this isn't for me. I, I want to go somewhere else and maybe Oregon swoops in, or maybe it's another school somewhere else that has a, a job opening you know, and it allows Oregon to swoop in there and, and maybe steal a, a top prospect. That's I think that's how it's going to get have to go for Oregon if, if they're going to land a top five class. But I think the expectation is, is this class finishes in the top 10 and they push for uh, yet again, their best class in school history from a recruiting perspective. They did it last year in, in 2021. And it's going to be pretty close for 2022. But I think it's still kind of on the table for them to be able to accomplish that.
1: The Oregon Ducks, that top dog sitting at the table with a cup of coffee, The Pac-12 up in flames, Oregon saying, this is fine. Matt, thank you so much for joining us.
2: Absolutely, Blair. All
1: right, that is Matt Prem. You can follow him on Twitter, at Matt Prem. Remember, stay locked into 24-7 sports for all. The latest buzz on your recruiting scoop on your favorite college football team. For Matt Prem and producer Lance Flynn, I am Blair Angulo. Thanks for listening to the 24-7 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast.